And welcome to the Pre-Stamp Motion Podcast, episode number 30, week 10. My name is Chad Scott. With me, as always, my buddy, Rich. Rich, welcome to week 10, man. We are in double-digit weeks. Uh, we have a new president, it seems, and uh, COVID is happening still. Weird. Uh, what's going on, man? Yeah, it's it's odd that it's still here, but uh, you know, hey, we we, we, don't, we don't we don't mix we don't mix uh, the, the politics on this show. <laughs> we don't. Uh, we don't. <laughs> but you know, hey, mid November, uh, I had a week here where it was basically mid seventies, which was nice in the middle of November. We set mm. record highs, uh, so bless the global warming as well. Uh, we'll take that. Um, it looks like it's going to turn Christmas and holiday seasons on the horizon. Um, but yeah, listen, football is riding strong. We're hitting a stretch run. We've got a really fun week ahead. I mean, there are five one o'clock games and one o'clock my time. I know you, uh, will just be getting up, uh, will. You know, at that time. It's and true. there are six late games. There are five early games, six late games. I cannot remember a site like this ever. Um, no. a Sunday site where it's been split dead even. And honestly, backloaded a lot of these late games are, are pretty hot on paper. I mean, you've got the Seattle Rams game, which has always been good the last two years. Uh, they played some really good games. We got this Buffalo Arizona game that looks exciting. We've got Herbert versus Tua looks yeah. exciting as well. All in the afternoon, uh, Burrow and Steelers in his first Steelers game is in the afternoon. Like there are a lot of good games and it's split evenly. I mean, I just get so frustrated when we have 10 early games and two yeah. late games and it's i'm excited that it's split up man it's it's yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to this weekend very much i was gonna say we we deserve it uh after years and years of having two games on the on the late games slate and it's and they're and they're always for whatever reason they're always just the worst games like of the day it seems like and maybe maybe that's just uh, thinking because there's only two games on, but who knows? It, it always seems like they're they're bummers. But uh, before we get in, so like week last 10, week, I'm not to cut you off as you're about to do you, this. So Jesus, God, yeah. you cut me right just, off, you just dick. A bully. Right. I was going to ask you, you being a you know a Seahawks fan, which I think everyone knows. Uh, do you yeah. like when they play at 10 a.m. your time? Do you like prefer it or no? Uh, no, no, because. Back, I guess I didn't really, I don't really mind. I mean, especially now, like I don't, I don't get up and drink at 10 o'clock in the morning. Like I used to on Sundays for before the Seahawks game. So now it doesn't really matter, but um, I kind of like, I kind of like the 10 o'clock games in a way um, you kind of get it over with and then you can kind of watch whatever you want to for the one o'clock games. But like I said, you know, you, you don't get many options for those one o'clock games if they're on at 10. So um, I don't mind if they're on early. Um, the only good part when they are on late is, you know, I just get to watch them. I don't have to worry about one other game or two other games in the, in the background. So um, no London games for you, at least this year. Cause those are hard for a West coast. West yeah. Coast those, those are no good. Like I usually like set my alarm, wake up, make sure like a player I might have is playing in that game. And then I go back to bed until, you know, nine, eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. But uh, those six o'clock, six thirty start times are, are no bueno for the for the best coast life over the here. One good thing twenty twenty gave us was no London games. Yeah, yeah. If there was anything good, it was that. Sorry, sorry to our English, our our England fans out there. But uh, yeah, 
Um, before we get into it, though, the midpoint of the season is a pretty good time to take stock and performance for teams. It's no different here at Sharp Football Analysis, and we are thrilled to tell you that we are 45 and 25. That's 64% year-to-date on all betting recommendations. We are 27 and 12, and that's 69% on all totals, and 17 and 5 on 7%, that's 70% on all computer totals. Combine that success rate with our unparalleled work in fantasy analysis and props, and you've got the perfect package. Don't miss out on the second half of the season. Use discount code SHARP25 for 25% off weekly and monthly packages today. That's at sharpfootballanalysis.com. All right, Rich. Not much news this week. Um, I guess the biggest being, you know, uh, we had Christian McCaffrey for a week. That was fun. And now it looks like we won't. Um, how did that How did that go for us, drafting McCaffrey in the first round this year, man? First overall, I should say. The three games are really good that he's played. He scored yeah, six. He scored double digits. Still RB26 or something like yeah, that. Multiple touchdowns in the three games he did play. I mean, you weren't wrong for the for yeah. picking him uh, <laughs> hey. as, as evidence of every game he's played. It's just been a bummer that he hasn't, you know, he didn't stay healthy. Uh, and last week was just bad luck. I saw a lot of people, you know, complaining about the workload he got, but that shoulder injury or it was a clavicle or they thought it was a rib injury. Like, that's just bad luck. It's not like he tweaked a hamstring with that workload or it was like a muscle strain. Like, that's just really poor fortune what happened to him at the very end of that game last week uh looks like they 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 were adamant that they said they're not going to shut him down uh but they're just going to treat this week to week so we'll play it by ear we'll get another week of mike davis uh against the bucks uh you know and mike davis was it it, the the last three times that he was the starter did not go as well as the first three games he took over christian mccaffrey he had just 55 36 and 77 yards his past three games but does run into a spot where the Bucks do allow a lot of receptions to running back. So uh, he can get involved in the pass game, be an RB2 with a, we know the workload is still there for him um, to be, you know, an RB2 plus, and he is capable of being an RB1 should he, you know, have some production on the ground, but the receiving, you know, work is still there for him in this matchup. Bucks guys, Bucks running backs caught 13 passes against uh, our Carolina running backs caught 13 passes against the Bucks, I should say, uh, when these teams played in week two with Davis catching yeah, really. passes. So there is uh, an opportunity for him to still be back in our hearts uh, and, and go back to him, even if like the supreme efficiency isn't going to be there against a the Tampa Bay team. It's really good against the run, but like I said, they do give up some some production to running backs no. in the, out of the backfield. Yeah, and you know, I mean, with looking at the overall landscape this this week, I mean, if you have them. You- you're starting him um, just because oh, yeah. there's just not – there's not many options out there. So hopefully they didn't drop week, him. It was, your ranking running back this week was, uh, was, was a real fun endeavor. Yeah, I don't, I don't envy those that had to do that. So, well, you guys um, will see when be, we do the deep, the deep picks of the week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what we're yeah. working with. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot, man. Um, pretty pretty scarce. But uh, you know, we also to say in the uh, in the NFC South, we saw AB for the first time in a year and a half uh, on Monday night. Even uh, how did he look to you? And I know obviously Tampa Bay didn't look great as a whole, but uh, how did he look uh, specifically? <laughs> yeah, they they uh, they did not show up on Sunday night. At any level. Chase thir- chasing thirty one at the half on your home field. 
uh, going pretty well. Uh, I saw some people, you know, kind of drop the narrative that they've been so bad in these primetime games because Brady goes to bed at 830. Because they played three games at primetime and they have not been good in any of them. They did pull out that win against the Giants. With, you know, they lost to Nick Foles uh, earlier in the season in the Thursday night game, just completely flatlined last week. AB himself, though, I thought was fine. I mean, he played a lot. He played. He ran 33 pass routes. Last week, uh, Godwin ran 40, Evans 38. Uh, we saw that really what we said, we, we're the bummer of them signing Antonio Brown was that Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, guys who had shown signs of life this year, uh, yeah. were just going to have their progression stopped. And that's really what happened. Scotty Miller ran 16 pass routes, Tyler Johnson just four in that Sunday night game. So those guys are pretty much droppable. Uh, if you were still holding on to him at this point anyways. Um, so there was no counting stats to be found in that game because they did not score a touchdown. Uh, but I thought AB was fine. Um, like I said, I don't really see this situation being a lot different than the Pittsburgh situation. Uh, I think it's going to be weeks where like two of these, two or three of these guys get going, one of three of these guys get going. Then you factor in Gronk and then the running backs. It's, there's going to be some frustration on a predictability front uh, unless one of these guys is like a really glowing individual matchup, uh, like someone is getting crushed in the slot or something like that. But uh, it's going to probably be some frustration, but these guys are all probably going to be in the mix to be top 36 options with and all have ceiling potential like the Steelers guys. Uh, but we're just going to have to deal with some weeks where they don't really pr- produce. Uh, but uh, last week, no, none of them did. Yeah. Like, but this is, you know, this is a week where you could have two, three of those receivers produce as they're playing Carolina. So, um, should be, it should be an interesting week, um, for your, for your Bucks wide receivers. Uh, that's really all the news we have, but I do can't wait to get into a game that we haven't played in a couple of weeks. And that is this or that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. All right, rest of the season, this or that. We're going to start with quarterbacks, and this is a fun one. This is where we have three of them. It's the big three. It's the big three rookies. Burrow, mm. Bear, or Tua. Rest of the season, man. Who you got? Uh, I'm Herbs, baby. Give me the Herbs. I mean, there's no reason not to, I think, pick him. I mean, he's got the most fantasy points for any quarterback he ever. Good. He looks so good, man. Through his first seven starts. And that's like with like Anthony Lynn like roadblocking him. Uh still. They haven't better. On first like and I second say. down runs, I mean? Well, they haven't better of, of being more aggressive, but when they get these leads, they're sitting on them, you know, and then just you know, look at that their clock management at the end of that game. Uh they 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 start out aggressive and then it just slowly wanes back into into like giving first down carries to Kalen Ballish uh, <laughs> and things like that. But most fantasy points ever through uh, first seven starts of his career. He has our number eight passing schedule the rest of the season. He also is a guy that really just has no weather issues either, like on his schedule uh, moving forward. Uh, compared to Burrow, he's got our 30th ranked passing schedule the rest of the season, plays in that AFC North. Uh, in Ohio, there there's going to be random weather games that probably he has where it's either cold or windy or in the rain. Uh, Tua doesn't have weather concerns either. He's got a really good schedule the rest of the season too. I just look at that Dolphins team though, and um, 
the supporting pieces for two are just aren't as good as Herbert's. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got he's got to do it uh, a little bit with you know guys like Durham Smythe and Mac Hollins. You know, Devontae Parker solid. We don't really know what we're getting out of Gasecki. This running back situation is just a, a bunch of dudes. Uh, so Preston I like Williams Herbert. You know, yeah, I mean Her- Herbert's just got some some better players around him, and he's been playing well. Uh, and I like Herbert because he's been really good under pressure and against the blitz, which is we definitely don't see from rookie quarterbacks. He's been excellent in those two uh, climates. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I there's a lot of words to, to really just circle back and say, I am a Justin Herbert uh, guy the rest of the season out of that group. He's this year's Tannehill, right? Like, like you know, like you picked up Tannehill last year. He was like the late-round QB out. Like, you picked him up, you ran to a starter the rest of the year, not just a starter, a guy that was a high-level QB one starter. That's yeah. kind of what we got here. Yeah, and I, and I think – the most impressive thing with Herbert is we haven't even seen him like run the ball that, that often mm-hmm. yet. And that's something like he was super good at and efficient at in college. So, um, you know, if he starts adding that uh, to his game, I mean, this, this is, could be a, a, a really fun quarterback to own down the stretch. And I'm with you I'm, for all the reasons you said, I'm going with Herbert as well. Uh, sticking with one, well, we're going to go to running backs. We're going to stick with a rookie in uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Or Josh Jacobs, rest of season, man. Who do you got? I like Josh Jacobs here just a slight little bit more for the reasons if you circle back to last week we did our trade show and we talked about potentially buying Josh Jacobs for this back half of the season after facing a tough schedule the front half. Offensive lines and nicked up. Um, you know, I, I mean, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it just kind of comes back to everything we talked about. It's just a team that doesn't really – need to feed him a bunch of touches, whereas the Raiders are going to consistently give touches to Josh Jacobs. I mean, we've seen, you know, CEH the last couple of weeks barely get even any touches at all. And, you know, they played in some weird blowouts, but even last week against Carolina, a team that, you know, you can run on, they just, I mean, they, you're just going to keep putting the ball in Patty Mahomes' hands, man, when he's playing like that. And he did get the receiving touchdown, but uh Asking a running back to get there consistently on low volume, like he has, uh, with a couple of touchdowns, like he scored against the Broncos, then that touchdown last week is, is a tough game to play. Uh, so I mean, I, I'll just take the guaranteed touches I know I'm getting weekly and uh, see what see where they lead to. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I think I think the ceiling is still there um, in the, the overall for for Clyde edwards alaire but um, it's it's just it's hard to deny when you're just not getting those touches. Like you said, you have to, you're basically banking on like hopefully a touchdown that, and he hasn't been getting them this year uh, with Clyde Edwards. So uh, Josh Jacobs is, is, is probably the choice for me, unfortunately. Um, Cause I feel like Clyde Edwards could be really good in this offense. It's, 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 it's too bad. Like, you know, they, they, they had to sign Le'Veon Bell and give him, you know, five, six snaps a game now it seems like, but uh, it is what he it is. He looks the part. Um, I mean, it's not, it's yeah. not a situation like where we have with Jonathan. Just Taylor. this quarterback's too good, man. Yeah, I mean Mahomes is too good. Uh, you know, he didn't cash in some of those early season, you know, opportunities that may have kind of, you know, put him in a weird space of getting, you know, future goal line carries because he hasn't gotten any like regular goal line touches since that week. Uh, you know, he's been, he's gotten some speed options and been using the passing, but he's looked the part. He's ripped off chunk runs. He's made he's forcing missed tackles. Uh, there, I don't think there's, there's, you were on any wrong process uh, with Clyde edwards Um, You know, like I said, if Jonathan Taylor like completely does not look the part right now, yeah. uh, it's a lot harder to squint through what's going on there. Yeah, you know, he's a guy, and it, we talked about him, I think, a lot. I think, especially in the early 
uh, during the early part of the season. And he was a guy that I, I was so like bummed. I didn't have like really any Jonathan Taylor stock in uh, this year. And it, it turns out like I, I kind of dodged a bullet there. Um, but okay. So how about this? Who would you rather own? This might be even better. Uh, Clyde Edwards or Jonathan Taylor rest of the season. Oh, I'll take you Lair over, over Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I mean, you yeah. look, so the Colts, the Colts right now are dead last in the NFL and rushing EPA offensively expected points added. They're dead last. Mm. Like, it, it, I mean, it, that is factoring in. It's not all their players. I mean, Naeem Hines has been awful in the running game. Jordan Wilkins is forced to miss tackles. And that line is so good. I, I mean, don't, it hasn't it's, really it's, lived it's hard up. To... Right. I thought one of the weirdest dynasty arguments for Taylor was the being propped up by the Colts offensive line because, you know, offensive lines and like secondaries are a lot like bullpens in major league baseball. Like they run hot, uh, but there's a lot of volatility, you know, year over year and performance and injuries and things like that. Uh, and they have not played up, up to, up to par this year, that offensive line, they've got some nice pieces, but they have not really lived up to the potential that they could have. And then, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, when you watch him, I mean, he just, I mean, there's nothing like you just never even see very many plays per game when he touches the ball, even when you're just like, yeah, he can build on this. He can build on this. It's going to turn around. Like other than just getting, being the guy that is still being used inside the five, it's really tough to hang your hat on anything he's done. Or at least I say you can look at Clyde's lair and say, yeah, he's doing things with the, with the football yeah. still. Um, yeah. Jonathan Taylor, man, I mean, it's just been such a far cry from the player that we've seen coming into the NFL, uh, which is as a natural runner. I mean, he was so good in between the tackles coming into the NFL. I really am surprised he struggled to this degree. And it's early. We won't bury him completely. But I think it's really tough to see them in the immediate future get away from this kind of committee that's formed uh, with the way he's played. Uh, and we know that they're going to use Hines in the passing game too. So it's, it's really tough to kind of think that like, he's just going to like pop out of this thing and be like a, a, a guy that's going to like turn your season around the final month of the, you know, regular season and then into the fantasy playoffs. Maybe it happens. Uh, but I think it's really hard to buy at this point. Yeah. And you know, it's, and it's the, I feel like it's the complete uh, opposite and extreme opposite way that, um, you know, as good as Patrick Mahomes is and how that hurts uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It, you can also say just the same and it's how bad Philip Rivers is passing where I think it also hurts Jonathan Taylor um, because defenses, they're not afraid of Philip Rivers. They're not afraid um, of him throwing a deep ball. I feel like. And so he just, there's just nothing there for Jonathan Taylor. And I feel like we, we talked about Jonathan Taylor like week three or week four, it looked like he was, he was almost starting to get it, you know, and things were kind of slowing down and then brick wall. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but uh, he's not been. Yeah. Good. Very it's, tough, it's, man. It's, very it's tough to kind of, yeah. he just doesn't look like the player that, you know, no. we were excited to see. I mean, even Deandre Swift, when you, he hasn't like fully yeah. popped, but he's shown us flashes. You're like, you know, where it's like, yeah, this guy deserves more carries. This guy deserves more touches with Taylor. You can kind of see how a committee has formed there. Yeah. It's, 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 it's literally his fault. I feel like, and DeAndre Swift had nothing to do with that. Um, he just, he doesn't get enough play and Patricia, I think has just killed his, his, his momentum whenever he has a good week. So, um, yeah, these, I mean, these rookie running backs, man, they're, they're so, I feel like they're so talented, but there's just a couple of them in just some really bad situations this year. So we'll, we'll see. Um, here's some, a couple of uh, maybe two and three year backs um, for you, Rich. And they're both coming off injury. Both could be playing this week, maybe, perhaps. Miles Sanders 
uh, could be coming back this week. I think he practiced today, it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, so he looks like he's on track to play. Um, and then uh, a player that is coming off IR, eligible, eligible to come off IR in Nick Chubb. Who do you got rest of season? This is, I mean, you should be happy both these guys are coming back. I think both will be in the RB1 conversation. Um, I think if you're in a, a standard league, you might side Nick Chubb, uh, you know, over Sanders. Uh, I think there's a definite argument to be made. I do like Sanders a little bit more for the fact that he offers the dual usage. Miles Sanders is third amongst all running backs in routes run per game uh, that he's played so far this season. Uh, he's had to, and, he, and he also just doesn't have uh, the guys behind him on the depth chart that Chubb does have. Like Kareem Hunt's just uh, – he's going to succeed concede um, a certain amount of touches to Hunt no matter what. Right. He just is. Where Sanders, you know, can come right back in, uh, not really have to really be pressed by guys like Boston Scott and Corey Clement, um, and kind of just walk right back into carrying this, you know, kind of you know lead back kind of opportunities a dual usage back. That's what kind of just gives me the the slight edge is that dual usage and less competition on the depth chart. I think Chubb's in a great spot though. You know, Brown's offensive line has has been really good this year. Wyatt Teller is back. They are run heavy team on early downs, which suits Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, get this, he hasn't played since week four. He still leads all NFL players in runs of twenty or more yards this season <laughs> with six. Jesus. Uh, He's a good back, man. Uh, Nick Chubb's a baller. Uh, no shade on him. I just like Miles Sanders a hair more. No, yeah, I do too. Just uh, because he he doesn't have to see this, those extra snaps, extra touches to um, non-superior backs. Because and for how good Kareem Hunt is, I mean, I kind of I kind of feel like he kind of flopped given his opportunity. Maybe not flopped is the right word, but uh, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people were kind of thinking. They had a locked and loaded top five, top six running back, and that just hasn't been the case with Nick nope. Chubb out. Um, let's go to wide receivers. This is interesting. Uh, Deontay Johnson versus Travis Fulgham. The Travis Fulgham. Old Dominion's uh, fine. What I love about Travis Fulgham is like he was a Detroit Lion last year. I mean, and a Packer. He, the, Packers the Lions had him, and they just yeah. Oh, I see. I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> I love the way Travis Fulgham has, has – he has literally seized his opportunity this year and is um, – I mean, he, he's not he's not giving away those snaps at this point. I mean, I love Jalen Rager. Um, I think he's the clear number one wide receiver to own in Dynasty in Philadelphia. But Travis Fulgham has looked every bit of as the part as um, Carson Wentz is like kind of go-to guy at this point. He hasn't had Goddard. He hasn't had Wentz when he's – or Ertz – when he's in, when he's got the tough third downs, or if he's got a throw that he has to make, he seems to always go to Fulgham, and he and he usually comes up with the ball. I mean, this guy's this guy's stat line since since getting full time work has been kind of insane, given he came out of nowhere and has been pretty consistent. Uh, Deontay Johnson's just you know injuries, inconsistency, um, that Steelers offense just as a whole, like you've talked about in. I don't know how at nauseum um, about how the, how the wide receivers are going to be hit and miss every week. He's a guy that's definitely been hit or miss um, boomer bust for him every week. I think Travis Fulgham has the consistency. Um, I think he's got just as much upside as Deontay Johnson, maybe a little less um, talent wise, but uh, as much as Philadelphia throws, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take Fulgham going moving forward. Who do you got? 
I like Johnson just a, a little bit more. Just with, I, I like everything about Fulgham. It's easy to root for guys like this too, you know, guys that have bounced around and get an opportunity and not only get an opportunity but maximize it. And the team has said that even with Alshon coming back this week, because he did practice today, uh, that Fulgham will be their ex receiver. So, uh, but you know, you, we do, they do have Alshon back. We do expect them to start incorporating, you know, Rieger more. Uh, even, you know, prior to the bye, just six targets in that game. Um, like you said, is, you know, Fulgham has earned those targets and Wentz is going to, you know, keep giving him those, those kind of opportunities. Uh, so, I mean, I still like Fulgham rest of the season. Uh, I just think we look at Deontay Johnson, though, when he has played, I mean, the targets are really hard to ignore. I mean, even last week, another 10 targets for him. He's played in five full games. He has double digit targets in four of them. Uh, in the games that he's played, he leads the team with 26% of targets, 30% of the team air yards. Uh, 62% of his yards are yards after the catch. So he creates his own yardage too, a little better than the other Steelers guys. I think if I had the Steelers guys uh, and we're approaching like the, the league trade deadlines, we didn't talk about this guy last week, but I think Claypool is like the clear, like guy you, you should can get the most return on uh, mm-hmm. for leaks. I think that his, his upside is, you know, being that, that kind of, you know, alpha receiver that build that splash play guy that people are going to be more intoxicated by him, but his targets are by far the least consistent of the Steelers guys. Uh, so he might fetch you the, the most return, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, Johnson's just been so gotten so much absurd value when he's played. It's really hard to ignore, um, but it's a situation too. I'd like to have both guys. Uh, and like you said, I mean, the Steelers situation is there's going to be weeks where he doesn't get those targets, but he's gotten them so far in every week. But one. Yeah. 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 I just feel like he hasn't, I mean, he's had that, I feel like that one game where I think he's had like two or three touchdowns or whatever. Um, and I, and I could be wrong. I've, I've even looked at the stats to be honest with you, but like, what has he done in those games where he's gotten a lot, these, a lot of these targets? I mean, he's been productive uh, with them. I mean, it's the, you know, the, he gets them near the line of scrimmage. That's why he's, you know, relies on yak. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been productive with all of them. I mean, I think he's a pretty good DFS play this week again. Uh, given where his salary's at, because it doesn't seem to move, uh, where like Claypool is getting jammed up, you know, every week because of the story, you know, Mapletron, he's all, he gets all the press. Yeah. Um, Juju's cool. actually played really well the past three weeks too, after we left him for kind of dead, uh, the front half of the season, he's played really well the past three games as well. And, um, has kind of bounced back and been a usable wide receiver three plus uh, for us. Uh, I don't like I said I don't have a, a ton of pushback. I mean I like Johnson a little bit more uh, just because I, I think this Eagle situation as it plays out, they're going to have to figure out where all these pieces fit in. Where like Fulgham has played a nice stretch here where he was kind of the only option in the offense. Uh, you know I do expect Rieger to get extended run. Uh, I expect Goddard to get worked in. Remember before the bye, I mean, Goddard only had one target in that game. I expect him to be a bigger part coming out of the bye. Uh, Miles Sanders coming back. I think that the Eagles are going to find their way here the back half of the season, whereas, you know, Fulgham was – he made the, he maximizes opportunity, man. I mean, you you love it, yeah. uh, but we'll, we'll see if that uh, opportunity stays exactly where it was uh, with all of those moving pieces kind of coming back and the Eagles getting healthier for this final, you know, stretch run. Yeah. Another thing to keep in mind, Ben did get his knee kind of hurt uh, going into the, uh, after the first half last week, um, I, he looked like he was fine in the second, in the, in the second half of the game. Uh, but something to monitor us. It, it did show up on the injury report. Um, heading Season into this don't week, start until so. Ben's hurt. 
I was going to say, man, he's probably in a walking boot as we speak, saying how tough he is to the reporters. He's going to play. He's going to play. Uh, let's get into another. My, I was trying to explain that to my uh, my son during the game because, you know, he, <laughs> that he was even like, he doesn't even experience like the full, like, remember Ben, this would be like a yearly thing, like him like, oh, yeah. limping around for a game and like still yeah. playing through it. And he'd it hurt his yeah. arm and he'd be limping and be like, didn't you hurt your, hurt your arm? <laughs> I was trying to explain to him, like, we did this for like eight years in a row, like the, yeah. the, the Ben games. Remember what? What was the game uh they do what he play the raiders where he's like missed like two quarters of the game and like just came back at the end of the game <laughs> just for no reason yeah yeah it was a monday night or sunday night game or something like that you just say yeah. uh, i mean he's he's done this uh it used to be a routinely a routine thing for ben it's listen man he's 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 all about that showmanship uh good for good for ben man he's he's found his niche um let's get into a little justin jefferson versus amari cooper rest of season uh this one uh, i feel like i'm gonna make the wrong choice here i want to say justin jefferson um but it's it's i think i have to say justin jefferson i i don't like what's going on in in dallas um we're getting towards the end of the year where um Amari Cooper could at any point just say, Fuck, I'm fucking done. And just like, just get injured somehow. Um, as we've seen him kind of do these little Houdini acts uh, in the end of year. Uh, and Justin Jefferson has just looked so good. He's, he's getting, I feel like he's getting decent volume. Uh, I like, I like that Adam Thielen is there. You know, they can't focus just on Jeff, Justin Jefferson. Irv Smith is trying to hopefully come into his own. He had two touchdowns last week. Um, Kirk Cousins, most accurate quarterback of all time. <laughs> I mean, I got to go with Justin Jefferson. I just don't know. I just don't know. The Dallas offense is just – it's its hard to watch without Dak Prescott, whether you have uh, Andy Dalton in, you have the Nooch, you have uh, Garrett Grayson. Um, although Garrett Grayson kind of looked like Gray. the best Gilbert of the three Gray. out of him. Or, yeah, Gilbert, or whatever his name is. What, what's his name? Gilbert. Gilbert Grayson. Okay, whatever it is. Whatever. Grayson Gilbert, whatever his name is. Um, he kind of he he looked the best out of the three of them so far, but uh, that's that's not saying much. I'm gonna go with Jefferson. I, I think I want Jefferson, and it's it's probably for this reason. So Amari, when you look at since Dak Prescott's got hurt, he's had a couple fine weeks: seven for seventy nine, seven for eighty. Last week, five for sixty seven. But that's like what I feel like you're just escaping with. Oh, like where is the ceiling for right. Amari? Uh, where is the ceiling to be? At least Justin Jefferson, I know, is going to give me some crap out weeks. But, like, he's not going to give me, like, he's not going to be, like, a purgatory player. There's going to be right. weeks where he goes for, like, 120 and two. And has, no. he helps me win weeks. There's definitely going to be weeks where he doesn't do much. But where we should, I'm, I'm focused on, like, guys that give me ceiling potential right now. Guys that can no. win me weeks. And uh, I just don't really see that with Amari. I think he can still be fine and survive. But, I mean, there are a lot of guys getting five for 67. You know, there are a lot of – that's a lot of that is replaceable, what Amari is giving you and where I feel like his ceiling lies right now. Or at least Justin Jefferson offers that out of the spike week, you know, the guy that can win you a week. Um, So that's where I'm going to side. But we talked about the Vikings last week and potentially being able to sell high on those guys. Uh, and we've seen it happen. 14 pass attempts and 20 pass attempts the past two weeks have done these guys no favors. Uh, you know, Adam Thielen has eight catches for 116 yards the past three weeks. Uh, Jefferson has had more than three catches in just one game over the past month. Uh, Dalvin Cook being incredible uh, on that team is not great for those guys. 
No, no. He's a he's a problem. He's a problem. <laughs> hopefully, uh, my Dalvin Cook. Hopefully, hopefully he problem, uh, but... he got most of us, but man, yeah, no, he's he's a problem, man. He's a problem for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see who do, who do we got next. I I think we we both picked Jefferson there. This one's kind of interesting. Um, Marcus Brown or Christian Kirk? This, these are guys like I feel like kind of neck and neck in rest of season rankings. And I feel like one's like so much better, but I'm going to ask you who, who you think it is. I mean, I have no problem. Like we said uh, last week, adding Marquise Brown, especially for the Ravens playoff schedule to see if it gets right. But that's still like a see if it gets right situation where Kirk is already producing and is attached to the number one fantasy quarterback in the NFL right now in <laughs> Kyler Murray. So, I mean, to me, those are like easy tiebreakers. I mean, Christian Kirk is scoring touchdowns. And he's got, you know, at least seven targets in three of his past four games. And Kyler Murray's playing incredible. Uh, yeah, those are, are pretty easy things for me to latch on to. Uh, whereas Marquise Brown is kind of in this perpetual squeaky wheel situation uh, where the offense isn't clicking, the passing game isn't playing well. I think we can, like I said, we can talk ourselves into saying like, well, the playoff schedule's good. But, you know, by the time we even get there, are we going to be able to, to play this guy? Uh, based on his production so far. So, I mean, I'm going to take Christian Kirk, man, if it's just between the two. I don't have any problems adding Marquise Brown, but if it's between the two, I want Christian Kirk. Yeah, I'm kind of the same, in the same boat as you, uh, just because how well Kyler Murray is playing, how poorly Lamar Jackson is playing. I mean, he's just completely come back down to earth this year, and it's, it's affected, obviously, Mark Andrews. It's affected Hollywood Brown. It's affected their whole offense, uh, even though they're scoring – 20 plus points a game you're not you're not seeing the 30 plus point games uh, and that's what you need when you when you have Marquise Brown or you have Mark Andrews in this sort of offense looking at the last three weeks he's had 13 targets eight receptions for it looks like just under 100 yards um, one touchdown I mean that's just it's not going to cut it man as as you're as a guy that you drafted um, to be your kind of solid wide receiver too, where you, we kind of thought, I mean, a lot of us thought he was going to have this, this kind of wide receiver uh, fringe wide receiver one pr- uh, season, man. I think with him, it's just tough it's because bad. the raw, the raw counting targets are just never going to be there. Like we can love team target share. We can love share of team air yards, but the fact is like, it's hard to be really good on like six targets a week in fantasy football. It just is. Uh, so, I mean, you've got – he's like he's another guy, like, even if he hits, like, where is his actual ceiling? Uh, yeah, he can turn in a splash play, but where is his, like, true ceiling? I think yeah. it's just not that high, um, which makes it a problem, like I said. Uh, I mean, the Ravens' gen- offensive approach right now needs tweaked in totality because they're trying to do what they did last year, and they're just not – able to do what they did last year because yeah. they're not as effective not on early down runs. Uh, you know, I had a lot of, I had a thread on this, you know, earlier in the week uh, where if you look at, you know, they're, they're the second most run heavy team on first down in the NFL, uh, but they're having just 3.9 yards per carry on first down runs, which is 23rd in the league. Last year, they were averaging 5.1 yards per carry on first down runs. Listen, if you're running for five yards every first down, keep by all means, keep doing it. Um, but, you know, we've seen it again last week, last week yeah. they come out and they run, uh, 17 times on first down for two and a half yards per carry. Lamar Jackson now 46 and a half percent of his pass attempts this season have now come on non first down plays needing seven or more yards. It's the highest rate in the league. They're putting a guy 
that doesn't succeed in obvious passing situations in obvious passing situations consistently. But if you look at when they do throw on first down, he's averaging eight and a half yards per attempt. He's completed 70% of his passes. They've got to find more balance and not just being so predictable as an offense um, and not putting a guy like Lamar Jackson in a spot. Because, I mean, the, the, the biggest knock on the Ravens so far over this last year and a half run where they've been one of the better teams in the AFC has been like, you need to get up on them because when they have to pass, they can't fight back. And they're consistently putting their quarterback in a position when he does throw in obvious pass downs, uh, which isn't doing him any favors. Uh, So, I mean, that's not even me just trying to make an excuse for him. That's just obvious team tax. They're not as good of a running team on first down as they were a year ago, but they're just keep ramrodding the same approach uh, that they had a year ago in that regard, and it's not helping their offense in totality. Yeah, uh, man, and I think what we've and we we talked about this when he was start, finally starting to get healthy, Christian Kirk. Um, this is what this is what he could do, especially in this offense. Um, and they've 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 seemingly moved on. I know he's still getting the snaps and he's still getting routes, but um, you know he's not looking at Larry Fitzgerald. Um, all the time now. And so he's looking at Christian Kirk. He's looking at DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk is, is just a playmaker. Uh, we've seen that in the last two, three weeks. So um, I, 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 I'm with you on that one. Um, let's get into tight ends. I'm not, it's not so much of this or that as a, um, it's more of a Eric Ebron is currently ranked as the tight end 12 for the rest of the season over at fantasy pros. Um, so out of every other tight end, out of 13 through X, um, <laughs> who has the best chance to kind of sneak into that top 12 status at tight end one? That's been kind of, I mean, it's just been, it's been a, it's been a hard position this year. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, Travis Kelsey has more than double the points as the current tight end 12, mm. but it, you know, mm. it's a really big gap of the haves and uh, the haves nots uh, at the position. Uh, I think if you're looking at a guy to be rest of the season, kind of still solid, kind of at least give you a floor, I believe it's Austin Hooper um, out of those Mm -hmm. guys. I mean, no Odell. uh, He was, you know, over 20% team target share the three games prior to his appendectomy. Uh, Got a really good uh, passing schedule the rest of the way out the Browns do. There's definitely volume concerns, so I don't think there's a high ceiling there either, but – you asked me just like the guy outside the top 12, they could be top 12. So I believe it's Austin Hooper. <laughs> oh man. I, uh, <laughs> I, I hope it would be Austin Hooper. I mean, he's getting paid enough money to do it. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't really have anybody. I just wanted to ask you that one. Let's get into our starts. Of the- <laughs> I like Let's that. get I like into that. our starts of the week, man. Um, last week was, was, was pretty okay. We, we both picked Derek Carr and I feel like whenever we both pick somebody, it's, it's like the, it, we basically curse them for the week. So if we ever do that again, um, take that for what it's worth. Uh, but uh, I, I feel like we've been better. Like the, like the last six weeks we've been, we've been pretty good. Oh, yeah. man. We've gotten, we've gotten yeah. a lot of hits each week. Uh, these guys that are lower lower end of the totem pole. We got a few last week that hit that were real nice. Uh, you almost went with Jacoby Myers, and he crushed on my oh, I know. I know. Um, I texted you about it. Um, I have that. I, I have receipts on that text, so it's unfortunate. <laughs> but you had Irv Smith. He got in the box twice. Uh, we had both our running backs scored touchdowns. John Brown was yeah. good. 
Um, so let's keep building yeah. that. Let's let's stay pretty strong here. Uh, because the people need to play some of these guys. They do. They do. <laughs> um, and I think, and I, and I, this game, I'm not, I don't love this. I don't love it because um, his pieces aren't quite, quite there this week. Um, but I just, I love the game. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be one of those, those crazy, crazy games. And one of those epic games that we, we look back and we're like, yeah, these, these two quarterbacks are, are, are the future of the NFL. And that's Tua. Uh, obviously we've talked about, uh, he's playing Justin Herbert this week. Currently the QB 15. What I like about it is uh, Chargers giving up the fourth most fans points to the quarterback position. This, this has an over under of 48 points. Um, you talk about the good side, Herbert. He's had 15 touchdowns in the last five games. Uh, Miami's gonna have to keep up with them. Their their defense has played really well uh, the last I don't know five six weeks. Miami, um, and they've they've done this turnaround um, with this season. As it seems, when we we kind of thought like you know they they might have been another year out or so um, before kind of competing, and they've they've looked the part. Burrito looks like he might be coming back this week. He they did a walkthrough this this week and he or today, and he participated in that where he was a DNP all of last week. Um, Devontae Parker, hopefully he's he he'll be healthy, but Preston Williams being out kind of hurts. We don't know what Jaseki will do week to week. Um, I just I don't know exactly what the running game will do, uh, especially if Burrito plays because we know Jordan Howard is complete dust at this point. Um, I, I like Tua to – we saw what he had to do when he had to keep pace with, with Kyler Murray. I think he's going to have to do the same thing this week against the Chargers. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see what Tua does against Justin Herbert. It's going to be fun, I think. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that game. I like that call. Tua looked, I thought, really good last week. I mean, yeah. the mobility that Tua showed was nice last week. You know, escaped a few blitzes, uh, added that little bit with his legs. Um, yeah. Definitely like that. It, it is just weird watching a lot of the Konami. Though, it? Just say it. Just say it. It yeah, is. It's, he, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think he was, what, the, the first lefty we've had, you know, throw a pass, I think, in like three years. I think we talked about that maybe on the podcast last week or one it's of these crazy. weeks. But uh, it is definitely, you know, weird to see guys like roll out left, you know, just because we have, you know, it's just such a culture shock because we haven't seen it in so long. Um, I'm, this is a tough week. Uh, I was looking at Tua, uh, the, the guys that like we typically would want to stream are like up there, like golf is ranked inside the top 12 because of Seattle, you know, hashtag Seattle. Um, <laughs> and then we've got some guys like, I think like Nick Foles is like kind of interesting in two QB leagues, but it's like, how, where are we finding these guys we would want to pick? to be like a Kev QB one potential. Um, and the only guy I can think of like out of that group that's not ranked there now, uh, because I think Ben Roethlisberger is cheating uh, because I think people are worried he's not going to play. So he's not ranked up that high uh, right. is Baker Mayfield. Uh, so yeah, I will be grudgingly, like I'll be grudgingly select Baker. Uh, he's so here's the thing about Baker. He's had 10.6 yards for pass attempt and nine and a half yards for pass attempt in his two games versus the Bengals and 6.8 yards for pass attempt or fewer in every other game. Uh, so we've already used up the two Bengals games, uh, but Houston is a bad <laughs> yeah, pass defense. Uh, they're 29th in passing points allowed per game, 19.8. They're allowing 7.9 yards for pass attempt to opposing passers, which is 24th. We just seen Jake Luton, just throw for 300 yards against them. They're not a good pass defense. They don't pressure the quarterback. Uh, there are some early week weather concerns potentially in that game. So, you know, definitely, you know, check in on Sunday and see if you, if you were thinking about streaming him, if you can. Uh, 
But Houston has allowed at least 17 fantasy points to every quarterback they face but one, which was Kirk Cousins, who still averaged 12 yards per pass attempt in that game. Uh, so I'll go with Baker, uh, just out of kind of default all these options here. Because yeah. I can't pick no, I like that. man. <laughs> I, dude, he was he, – I was looking at him, and I'm like, there's no way he can do this three weeks in a row, right? There's just there's, – there's no way. Like, I'm not going to point Chase on, on Drew Locke. Well, the weird so thing was, about Locke yeah. is it's, like, all in the fourth quarter of the last two weeks. Like, he's been terrible quarters one through three. Yeah. Both games, and then he's just stacked, like, these really good fourth quarters. And it's just really hard to latch on to, like – But then he guys... still throws that stupid, like, idiot <laughs> interception, like, when the game's on the line. You know, he, just, he, still, he still does like, – can't help himself. Can't help himself. Um, so, I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, running back, it was um, – I, I didn't – I, I looked at <laughs> I looked at running back. I was like, "There's there's there's nobody there's nobody outside the top 24." Um, last time I did this, like I I I said some things, but it was really just like f it. And it was Zach it was Zach Moss, and he scored two touchdowns. So my Zach Moss uh, stat 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 is going to be um, it's going to be uh, J.K. Dobbins this week against New England. I just think um, the I, like we said, the passing game has struggled. I think. Uh, Ingram might be coming back this week, but you know, he's coming off a high ankle. They had, I think October 18th ish. So, I mean, I just, I don't think he's quite ready yet. And if he is, I don't think he can get that full workload that we're used to. And I mean, Mark Ingram just hasn't been good this, this year. And Jacob Dobbins has just shown that he is a better running back at this point in their, in their prospective careers. Um, Don't love the passing options in, in this game. Um, and so I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins just based off of nothing and somebody just I'm picking that's over RB26 or RB24. <laughs> I will say that when you get that deep into the ranks this week and you look at guys that potentially have upside, I mean, he's not just like a terrible dart to throw. Um, yeah. The problem is, is we've done it for a few weeks and it just hasn't fully happened. I mean, it did, it did against the Steelers two weeks ago, and this matchup is actually – the best matchup they've had in a few weeks. You know, I mean, the, the past two yeah, weeks, they faced, great, yeah. they faced the Steelers and the Colts the past two weeks, two teams that are in the top five in yards are carry a lot of the yeah. running backs coming into the matchup with the Ravens. And this week they face a Patriots team that is 26. They're allowing 4.7 yards per carry to running backs. They're 28th in rushing points allowed per game on the fantasy end to opposing backfield. That's just this, this weird split. But like I said, when you're looking for upside plays that deep at the position this week, where you're talking about guys like Ronald Jones are ranked in the top 24 this week. You know, it's just that kind of week with the guys on by and the running back landscape. Like, he's not like a, a terrible upside. We talked about Jonathan Taylor, like at nauseum earlier, and he's ranked in the top 24 still this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's just, so there are not a lot of upside plays. I don't think that that's bad. Cause we were just talking about guys that can get there on a run or two. He would be someone you would pick. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe if we had some more clarity on this charger situation, I could go with one of those guys. Uh, you know, if we knew like Tremaine Pope was playing or, Ballage, but we're not gonna go back to that route. <laughs> Ballage, dude. I, that was the other guy. I was like, I wrote Ballage's name. Look, I literally wrote it, and I was like, I'm picking Dobbins just based off nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a brutal week, and you, we can't cheat and take Duke Johnson because he's gonna be ranked in the top 24 probably by as early as tomorrow, with David Johnson being announced that he's gonna be out. Uh, we don't know what's going on with these Seattle backs. If Chris Carson's gonna be back or not. Uh, 
if you know they they fell into that negative game script last week and DJ Dallas kind of was ushered out for Travis Homer because they were down 17 nothing so early in that game uh I kept waiting for like Seattle to like punch back like and get with like in a touchdown the Bills every time that Seattle looked like they're getting close the Bills just closed the door and went up two scores again uh, on them I mean dude it is it is rough out here I thought about like Philip Lindsay uh, I think just basically my dart throw, and I'm not going to tell you that, that no one has to follow this. I think my Zach Moss play of the week, it's funny that we just have to label it like that, is going to be Jamal Williams. Uh, home yeah. team, home team, 14 point favorites against the Jaguars, you know, run defense that mm-hmm. has been, you know, one of the bottom in the league. Uh, we know some carries are going to be, even if Aaron Jones plays, we know that he gets a few drives per game that are his. Uh, yeah. And with Aaron Jones kind of being, you know, whatever, he's not nicked up or not. Uh, you know, we just know he's probably not going to be a guy as huge home favorites. He's going to push like 25 touches. So whatever, just let's move on to wide receivers. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. I do like that pick though. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the wide receiver. I mean, I love that pick. Whenever you're picking Jamal Williams, it's always, it usually ends up pretty well. Um, wide receiver. Um, guy we talked about earlier in the episode, currently weight ranked as the wide receiver 48, and that's Jalen Rigger, or Rigger, however you want to say his name. I feel Guy's like I get it wrong every time. Most fan. I do. Um, uh, somebody even, oh, my God, I heard his name pronounced Rigor the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, there's a third pronunciation that – that I did not know about. And so my mind was a little blown. It's like, God, I mean, which, which one is it? Um, but the Giants, again, with the 10th most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Um, Rieger, we keep Rieger, Rieger, whatever that, whatever I'm going to say for the rest of the episode. Um, he, we saw him week eight. Uh, he had 70, 73% of the snaps coming off that injury, coming off injured reserve. Um, he did have six targets, only three receptions and like 16 yards, but he had a touchdown. He had a rush. He had a two-point conversion. Um, they are using him in that spot of the field, and that's those are, those are the money shots. And I, like we said, I mean, this is I, we all feel like he is going to be the wide receiver one of the future. Um, why not now? Goddard, he's back. Giants are actually surprisingly good against the tight ends this year, giving up the ninth fewest points. Um, I love both Fulgham and Rager this week, um, I, and I love him even more if even Miles Sanders is in this week, um, just because he, I just feel like they have this different dimension of offense when Miles Sanders is in, uh, as opposed to like a Boston Scott or Corey Clement. So um, I'm going to go with Jalen Rigger. Nice. I like that. Uh, my guy is going to be the, a Monday night hammer for you. Uh, bringing it home nice. on a Monday night, Darnell Mooney. We're going to shoot for the moon uh, with the Mooney. He's coming off a season high 11 targets. He has five catches in each of the past two games coming off a season high 21% target share. Uh, the opportunity still hasn't like fully manifested because only 62% of his targets have been catchable this season, which is 30th among 32 wideouts with 50 or more targets on the season. But we know he offers just that, that, that money ball, the, the moon shot, if we would say, from mm. Mooney. Um, paired with Minnesota is 29th in completions allowed of 20 or more yards on the season. Uh, so he's like that boomer bust wide receiver three Mooney might be what we wanted Marquise Brown to be. And uh, that, oh, yeah. that, that is wild to think about in these times of 2020. Um, but I'm going, I'm going with the moon dog uh, this week. I mean, he can't do, I mean, I picked him last week. What did he do? He had five for 43. So, I mean, I mean, he didn't kill you, but 
he's he's kind of in that 569, 543, 340. I mean, if there's ever a week, man, it's going to be a, a week when when Rich picks him. So good luck with with the moon with the moon ball. Um, wait, wait, moonshot? What'd you call him? I, I just there's a lot. There's a lot of moon. There's a there's a lot of moon. A lot of mooning in there. Um, all right, I like Full it. Let's, let's. I like that blue moon. No, you can't do blue moon. Uh, I got nothing else. Let's go to tight end. Uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> I just said, oh, they don't. They don't have him ranked in the top twelve. I'm gonna pick him. Irv Smith. Um, Chicago is not great against tight ends. Irv Smith had two touchdowns last week. Um, he's being targeted in the 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 green zone, as um, Ben Gretsch likes to call it. I think I think it's Ben Gretsch. Um, and if you're if you're not if you if you're not ranking him inside the top twelve, like why not stop doing it? stop doing that? So I don't have to pick Irv Smith every week. Um, that's all I have. That's that's literally all I have. All right, I'm going uh, another primetime player here. Uh, Thursday night, though, this time. Last time I picked a Thursday night guy, it worked out. So let's try to do it again. Tanyan. Tanyan. Well, I had uh, uh, Dick Rod, too, on Thursday night. You uh, did have Dick Rod. Was Tanyan Thursday? Tanyan no, was, was Thursday. He was Monday. He was a Monday night against Tanyan. Oh, I knew it. I knew it was an island game. But, it was a, yeah, it was an island game. We, got, we want to root for these island guys. Uh, yeah. So with Jack Doyle being out, uh, and Mo Ali Cox having this knee injury, although he did practice today. Uh, I'm going to look to Trey Burton, oh. <laughs> uh, you know, this, <laughs> this week. Uh, Their goal you know, line running back? Yeah, the, like go, the, the goal line running back. So <laughs> Burton, he's got 24 targets over his past five games. Uh, he has only had more than 33 yards in one game. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, uh, what are you going to do? Times are lean at the position. Uh, the Titans are not good against the posting tight ends. Uh, so with the amount of injuries the Colts have uh, and the fact that they still continue to use their tight ends and maybe they run that Burton wildcat package uh, – in, in yeah. the goal line again, which has been successful two of two times. Nice. Uh, it is yeah. basically it, it's hitting at a higher rate than sex. So why would they go away from it? <laughs> uh, I, listen, man, this is as good as the analysis gets on Trey Burton. Yeah. Plays. That's right, man. I mean, it's he's like the Zach Moss of, of tight ends on this week. I like it. <laughs> I mean, it works. I'm telling you, you just you just pick somebody and go with it. You start them and it works. Um, that's that's. That's it, man. That's our show. A lot, a lot of analysis there on the tight end position had by me and you <laughs> right there. Um, hope everybody, you might have to rewind to get everything that was, that was in there. Um, but that's, that's all, I, all we have for the week, week, Rich. Do you have anything else to add before we head out of here? My power stayed on this week, man. That's, that's great news for you. Yeah, we got through a uh, a podcast unscathed here. Uh, it's been an adventure this year, the, you know, given your your job. But listen, we're grateful for the job you do, and the yeah. fact uh, you and all everyone in the medical field during this time, you guys are doing. Uh, you guys are the real heroes here. Uh, not we are talking it's true. about Trey Burton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty heroic, though. If you're not, I mean, if we're being honest, it's out there in the world. It's on the internet now, forever. Um, it's pretty heroic if you, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you've, you've helped a lot of people get over their illness, but have you called Robert Tanyan's three touchdown game? <laughs> I have not. I have not. It's one thing I haven't, I haven't done yet, but uh, it, it's going to be Irv Smith one of these days. It's got to be. I mean, I pick him every week. So, well, I mean, he was there last week. Two, two catches, two tuds, man. Two touchdowns, it's just, man. 
it, it's as good as it gets. But no, yeah. listen, week 10, we're, we're closing the corner. Go back and listen to the show last week for maybe some potential trade targets. Um, yeah, I was going to yeah, thank you. I was going to mention that. Other than that, you know, good good luck, you know, in week 10. Yeah, week 10, man. We are almost there. Four weeks left until playoffs, man. Uh, we might actually get through this season. Who, who knew? All right, man. Uh, make sure you are following Rich over on Twitter at Lord Reeves. I'm over there too at Chad underscore Scott 13. Please make sure you're going to subscribe, rate, review our podcast wherever you are listening to us as it really does help us out. Um, good luck week 10. Uh, hopefully, uh, if, you're, if you're in the hunt for a playoff, you get that W. If you're already in the playoffs or getting close to, you still get a W. And hopefully, it's on the back of our advice. Thanks for listening. Good luck. We'll see you next week. Later.